uh, Trail Chasers podcast, uh, Josh. It's a uh, it's a great no. great podcast that Cody and uh, his group does over there. No, I like Cody. He he's he's got a great voice. But you don't like the other ones on the show, is what you're saying? No, I can't stand those. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I <laughs> I like Cody. You're listening to a four by four radio network podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. So remember, we're doing a new push here to get the word out about the Jeep Talk Show. We'd like for you to use the hashtag Jeep Talk Show in all your Jeep-related podcasts, and frankly, I don't care if it's Jeep-related or not. Uh, Aunt Mirtha died. Let's put a hashtag <coughs> Jeep Talk Show on there. <laughs> Tell everybody it was her favorite podcast. I don't care. <laughs> it's It doesn't hit you right in the feels, Josh. <laughs> well, maybe not that one exactly. I, <laughs> me, me and Mirtha, we didn't really go back that far. <laughs> <laughs> so the JTS team is here to inform and entertain you uh, about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or thinking about jumping in and getting your feet dirty, you're in the right place. Whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle ready to hit the trails or that daily driver that's also a weekend warrior, this show is for you. Find out more information at the sh- about the show at jeeptalkshow.com. You know, I think if you're getting your feet dirty, you're not doing the jeeping right. Because you're, you've got the... <laughs> the doors off and you're dragging your feet, which use the brake for God's sake. <laughs> oh, wheeling barefoot? Nah, probably a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, it is. Welcome back to the show, Jeeper. I'm Josh. And on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I've got something new and improved that Jeep will be unveiling very soon. And you'll probably want a turn on it too. And no, it's <laughs> it's not a scooter. And later, I'll teach you what it's going to take to enter the world of off-road racing. I'm Tony, and on this episode, I'll be interviewing Kristen from LadyJeepers.com. Another really fun interview, Josh. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. I'm never included in the interview. (laughs) (laughs) You're always welcome. I know, I know. You know, This Week in Jeep is brought to you by, well, it could be your company, actually, if you or the company you work for is a good fit for sponsoring a segment on the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast, then we look forward to talking with you very soon. Well, Camp Jeep returns, and it's going to be bigger and better than ever. The popular Camp Jeep indoor test track will be returning to the Chicago Auto Show for the 18th year in a row. Since its inception in 2005, more than half a million people, Tony, have taken test rides in various Jeep vehicles, getting a glimpse at multiple off-road features they may not commonly experience in everyday driving. Now, the interactive test track has been a a favorite place for auto show attendees, and this year is going to be no exception. The track is bigger and steeper than ever before and features a mountain that is 28 feet tall. Now, I'm kind of using that mountain term a little loosely here, but that is 10 feet taller than previous years, and it has a new 45-degree approach and departure angle on that thing. Experienced drivers will navigate attendees through the various courses, which will highlight the off-road features of Jeep vehicles in the 28,000-square-foot exhibit. That's pretty big. Now, if you're planning on going to the show, be sure to stop by the uh, Jeep display for a free ride in your choice of a number 
of brand spanking new Jeep vehicles. They got a whole bunch of them around there too, including the Wrangler Rubicon, the Wrangler 4XE, and even the Wrangler 392. Yeah, that big V8 monster out there. They're going to have some Gladiators out there, the Rubicon and the Mojave as well. And they've really kind of gone all out with the Grand Cherokee offerings. They're going to have a Trailhawk there, of course. They're going to have an Overland there. That's going to be a good one. But they're bringing out the top-of-the-line Summit Reserve. That's going to be pretty cool to see, especially going off-road. They're going to have a uh, Cherokee Trailhawk and a Compass Trailhawk, too, if you want to see how a car does off-road. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. If you were going to an auto show and you saw something like this, would you wait in line to check it out? I would uh, see how I would go about getting my Cherokee or Gladiator in there to go over these obstacles. Oh. I think the Cherokee, yeah, absolutely, the Cherokee would be so cool to get in there. For, for somebody who is an experienced off-roader, this is probably going to be a little bit lackluster. The people who are going to be driving you around uh, may not drive through this like how you would drive through this. Right. They may go slower. They may talk too much. You know, I, I, I'm sure <laughs> it's, it's all about showcasing uh, this and that and, and, hey, look at this and see what this can do and everything. Whereas you would rather take the hard line. Uh, or, you know, maybe go through it a little faster or something like that. Well, that, rail, that rail over the mountain. You know, can I get a tire up on that? Can I, <laughs> can, can yeah. I get some golf camera situation going here? No, the, really? uh, the Cherokee going up and over this stuff would be completely for pictures. Just so that somebody would take a picture like, like the one you hear in our, have in our show notes that, that uh, you, the listener, will be able to see on episode 566 and uh, com, or you see these other Jeeps. Uh, rolling around, and then there's one that's 25 years old doing the same stuff, the same yeah. Jeep stuff that has been being done since the 40s. Well, why would I spend 60 grand for this when I can spend about 10 grand for that? Oh, <laughs> 15 now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, just for uh, disclaimer purposes, now the picture I do have in the show notes is of the uh, the this same course, but from years prior. It's from the 2019 auto show. So obviously it's going to be a lot different than what uh, than what this picture represents, uh, but nonetheless you kind of get an idea for the size and the scope and what they're trying to accomplish with uh, exactly what they've built here. It's an impressive display nonetheless, even for what this picture is of a few years old. Now we have the International Auto Show that comes to Portland every year. Uh, it happens at the uh, the Portland Exhibition Center. I don't think they've got a 28-foot-tall ceiling there, though, so uh, I'm not sure exactly where this is going to be installed uh, there at the uh, at the Expo Center. They may put it out in the, uh, the main Coliseum area where they've got a lot more vertical room. I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen this, uh, this installation in previous years at the auto show. I usually go about every other year, every few years or so, uh, just to kind of space things out so I don't see the same stuff every single year. I love the auto shows. Uh, they're a lot of fun for me. I don't work in the industry uh, as much as I used to, but uh, uh, it's one of those things where it's just cool to kind of go through and, and see the newest and the latest and all that sort of stuff. Shake some hands, talks up some people, that sort of stuff. Make it a day out of it, right? It's a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, something like this, uh, I probably would pass. I'd probably walk around the exhibit a little bit. I might talk to some of the people, uh, but uh, it's something that I likely would not wait in line for. Oh, yeah. Now, this is probably not the best way to transport a Jeep. So imagine this. It's 7 p.m. on a Tuesday. The phone rings. You're the receptionist working the night shift at the towing and recovery company. Ring, ring, ring. Hello, jerk wagon towing. What's the location of your request? Yeah, the Longhorn Steakhouse Restaurant. Okay, sir. And what's the vehicle you need towed? 
Yeah, it's a 2012 Grand Cherokee. And is it accessible? Well, geez, you know, it's the strangest thing. I stopped in for some tater tots at the Cherry Limeade here at the Delta Sonic, and well, it just, well, the next thing you know, it's sliding down the hill, and it... Yes, go on. It, uh, well, it sort of landed in the bed of a Ford F-350 backed in at the bottom. Oh, my. Now, actually, it was an elderly gentleman who was driving the Grand Cherokee, and he was wearing some big snow boots, and his foot got stuck between the gas and the brake pedals while he was trying to navigate the parking lot above. And that's when physics and gravity took over. The driver of the Grand Cherokee suffered minor injuries, but will be just fine. The owner of the truck, however, well, you know, at first I, I thought the truck already had a flatbed on it, so I thought, well, this might not be that big of a deal for him. But no... The bed was just flattened by the Jeep landing on it. So, regardless if he ever wanted a flatbed on his Ford, he's got one now. So sad. Those things are so expensive. Yeah, he's looking at a full rear end rebuild on that if they don't total the whole oh, thing out. Say. I don't know if there's going to be frame damage or not with yeah. a Grand Cherokee landing on this thing from, I don't know, several feet above it. <laughs> it's, Coming down from a, a snowy hill bank or something like that. I don't know how fast this guy was going or whether he got airborne before he landed on the back of this Ford. Uh, but nonetheless, big, huge Ford F-350 Super Duty. He's got the quad cab. He's even got diesel stacks. I was on the just going to say, it looks like diesel stacks there. So, you yeah, know, he's, he's cool. Got the, he's got the duallys in the rear. You know, this thing is definitely set up. This is a heavy-duty hauler or something like that. This guy's into, uh, uh, you know, some big construction or something like that. Uh, maybe some transportation. Who knows? Nonetheless, that truck isn't going to be operating anytime soon. Need some uh, towing mirrors on that uh, that truck, though. Those things are tucked yeah, way right? too tight in. Got a little tucked in there a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Notice that. Good eye. <laughs> well, if you've got a news tip or response to any one of our stories, honestly, we'd we'd like to hear what you got uh, what you got for us. If you've seen something, a headline who. Uh, uh, maybe has missed our attention or something like that. Shoot us over what you got. Actually, uh, we've got Jeep uh, Jeep reporters on the street all the time sending us some good stuff. And uh, and I try to reply to you uh, with each and every email that we get. Uh, if you send them to, uh, to us, we'll go ahead and make sure you get a reply. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how to reach out. Stick around, Jeeper. We've got an interview with Kristen D. from ladyjeepers.com coming up in just a little bit. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. When was the last time you uh, listened to uh, the, uh, the Trail Chasers podcast, uh, Josh? It's a, it's a great, oh. great podcast that Cody and uh, his group does over there. No, I like Cody. He, he's, he's got a great voice. But you don't like the production. other ones on the show is what you're saying. No, I can't stand those. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> I like Cody. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Now, Cody's uh, done some fill-in work for us before, and Cody's actually been a segment producer here on the Jeep Talk Show yep. uh, in years prior with the uh, the Grand Adventure. He said, uh, enough, enough of these assholes. I'm going to go do my own stuff. I, I know. Any monkey can do this. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we love Cody, though, and he's got a great podcast over there at the 4x4radionetwork.com. There's a bunch of other ones there as well. The Center, Center Steer podcast, the On the Trail podcast, of course, the uh, the famous 4x4 podcast, and the Jeep Talk Show is there as well. Lots of great stuff. It's all for free, uh, and there's no sign-up, none of that sort of stuff. All you got to do is type in the number 4, the letter X, and the number 4, and then radionetwork.com. That's 4x4radionetwork.com. We'll still see you there. Hey, coming up at Tech Talk, uh, Jeep Speed. Uh, what is that? That used to be somebody on uh, online that was called Jeep Speed. Do you remember that, Josh? Or you didn't ever do social I, media? I, I Who am I asking you? 
<laughs> I think I think a few people have used that uh, uh, that as a handle in the past. Ah, you're probably right. So it, uh, it, it it's, this tech talk is going to be about uh, what's needed to go fast off road. That just doesn't sound right to me. <laughs> oh, it's a lot of fun. All right, we're on the phone today with Andrea. She's one of the movers and shakers of the Lone Star Jeep invasion happening uh, March 5th and 6th this year. Uh, I went last year, and Andrea's back to talk to us and let you know about the Lone Star Jeep invasion happening March 5th and 6th uh, in Conroe, Texas. Actually, the way you have to say it is Conroe, Texas. So tell us about the Jeep invasion. What, what's, what's going on out there? I mean, I've been there, uh, and uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the same thing this year. No, this year we've 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 definitely shook it up a little bit, changed some stuff around. Um, our main event is actually sponsored by Demontron Jeep again for the third year. It'll kick off Saturday morning at nine a.m. Um, tickets for the weekend, or it's twenty dollars for the weekend price, or fifteen dollars per day. Um, you can come shop at some of our favorite vendors. We've got a lot of new vendors coming in this year, like My Top, the convertible tops. Um, they're coming in with their new their their products. We've got Gear Spot coming in from I think South Carolina. We've got a new vendor coming in from Georgia. So we've definitely got some new vendors coming in from across the country. Um, come go by there, talk to them about their products, shop at there, get ready to spend some money. We've got some really really great vendors coming in. Um, our whole event is um, donate is uh, benefiting TechStar. And Guns to Hammers Construction, again, um, that's the second time we've helped Guns to Hammers out. They're a great organization helping um, veterans or veteran families with free remodeling accommodations to help any of their um, needs that they have as far as disabilities or they need a ramp or expansion showers or bathrooms or anything like that. They are the ones to help that, that family out. Um, we also have like six, five or six local breweries. Out. I'm so excited. I'm actually more excited about Austin Siders joining us this year <laughs> than anything. But we've definitely got some new breweries to our beer garden lineup, too, which is amazing. Um, enter for the raffles. We'll have raffles on Saturday, and we'll have raffles again on Sunday as well, too. Um, parking is $5 again. Um, if you want to bring food donations, we are accepting food donations in lieu of parking, this year, try to do maybe at least 10 pounds, kind of help out the Montgomery Food Bank. Last year, we did 1,900 pounds, which was amazing. We definitely beat out our first year. Um, and I'm just looking forward to just continuously growing. Mm-hmm. Saturday night, starting at 6 o'clock, we have an after party. It kicks off with Jeremy Rowe coming in from Oklahoma, singing um, his hit songs, Jeep Girl, It's a Jeep Thing, and several other, lots more. Um, I wanted to mention... We have a couple of friends of Jeep sponsors this year, which is amazing. Midland Radios. If you don't have a CB or GMRS radio, definitely get one. I use both from Midland. They're absolutely amazing. Long range for sure, too. Um, CMM Off-Road, Carolina Metal Masters. Um, they make those brass knuckle grab bar handles that are fun. Um, and then also Mickey Thompson Tires are, are Jeep, uh, friends of Jeep sponsors this year which is cool. So they'll have some stuff there on hand for you to check out and also help you with uh, referrals to some of the local vendors and shops that can get you set up with, you know, Mickey Thompson. Um, our Sunday event, it starts at 10 a.m. And we're kicking that off with the Show and Shine sponsored by American Bull and Tire. We'll have lots more shopping. 
at the vendors and then our final round of raffles on Sunday. And of course, we'll have food trucks there. Um, the Montgomery County Fairgrounds, they've actually done a couple of, a little bit of remodeling in the last year since we set up as well, too. So it's gonna, the ground's going to be a little bit different, not too much, but I'm looking forward to it. It's definitely going to be a lot of fun. Open space, hoping to beat out the 700 Jeeps we had last year. Um, hopefully we get closer to 1,000 Jeeps this year is my goal. And, of course, a lot more, you know, with the benefiting our charities as well, too. But, yes, tickets can be purchased through Eventbrite. Um, the links are on the website and on Facebook. And also, if you haven't signed up, we're offering camping again this year on the grounds. So we've got uh, quite a bit more people signed up for camping, which is exciting as well, too. I will be camping myself. So just go to LoneStarJeepInvasion.com and you can get all the information right there, including how to buy tickets. And keep in mind, this is March 5th and 6th, which is a Saturday and Sunday. Uh, oh, and also, too, I just recently interviewed Pete with TheGearSpot.com. And uh, yes. you will be able to see the Jeep Talk Show, the 2021 Jeep Talk Show uh, Gladiator uh, at their uh, booth or wherever they're set up. And we're actually going to have a, a, a gear spot, a storage system in the uh, Gladiator for you to come by and see. And uh, you can meet me, Tony, there at that event. I've been to every one of these events that uh, Andrea and Keith have put on. So it's, it's a lot of fun. And I love that it's a, a local event and I don't have to drive halfway across the country to get to it. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so, thank Andrew. Thank you very much for being on here and covering all the information uh, that you covered. Uh, there's so many things that go on. There was so many people there last year. It was just a lot of fun. Bring your money because you're going to want to buy some of these good stuff from the vendors. But definitely. Thank you so much. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show is in my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast. Been a lifelong Jeeper myself. Continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. If you like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps, I like it for the, the technical, clear content, advice, and learning. So, are you guys ready to help us do another Jeep Talk Show Texas event? You know, you can come and visit with us uh, and be part of it as well. Well, we need your paid subscriptions because we want to get Josh back down here again. You know, I hope Chris can come. Uh, I know uh, Chuck from uh, uh, Kansas is planning on uh, on driving down in his uh, uh, his eighteen wheeler and flatbed and three all metal, no plastic Jeeps. And uh, I, I just think this could potentially be bigger than the last one. And the last one was pretty damn big. And you know, Josh, yeah. uh, not making any promises, but we may be giving away some uh, Nexon uh, tires at this next event. Really? Yes. That would be well, I like a giveaway. I always like a good giveaway. My wife says, "Get the get those damn things out of the garage." I can't leave them in the garage. <laughs> well, I mean, out of the garage because of the sun, you know. So, <laughs> a couple of them are actually. I think three of them are uh, underneath the uh, the Cherokee. Good thing I have that that thing lifted, so there's enough room for those tires. Right. <laughs> From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And last week you talked about the kid that sold the Jeep Grand Cherokee and went airborne with it, all while live streaming it on Facebook. Yeah, this is probably where I should tell you that this is just a normal Tuesday in North Carolina, but it's not. That's more of a Saturday night in South Carolina thing. But that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you I saw a parrot sitting on a perch. 
Yeah, that just seems fishy to me. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. That All right, one, I got to admit, that one took me a half a beat. I was going to say, I, I'm, I'm injured. I feel a little like I was gut-punched. Uh, gut <laughs> you got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I just, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Well, as we record this, the King of the Hammers race was this last week, and in celebration of the world's most challenging off-road race event, I'd like to do a segment on off-road racing. There's nothing quite like the exhilaration of traveling fast over rough terrain, let alone the sheer adrenaline-filled rush of off-road racing. I've never raced competitively. Definitely missed my calling there, but that hasn't stopped me from spending a lifetime of going fast off-road, from Dirt bikes to quads, from sand rails to specked out race-ready UTVs, I've ridden, drove, and jumped them all. And there is nothing short of skydiving that has given me the same kind of thrill as off-road racing. Now, if you are new to the sport, wanting to maybe just get your feet wet in the world of competition racing, or just want to get a little bit more out of your Jeep, well, then you're going to need to make some modifications. That's just all there is to it. So with that in mind, in this segment, I'm going to briefly go through the most important mods you'll need to add to the shortlist. Now, keep in mind that this is not an exhaustive list. There are going to be many, many other things that you can and probably should do to improve your vehicle's performance off-road, especially if you're going to be getting into racing. But this will be a great starting point, and we're going to cover all the bases. If you want to go fast off-road, then there is, well, one of the best ways to do that is by making sure that you've got plenty of horsepower. There are rigs at King of the Hammers running 700, even 900 horsepower engines and above. I don't expect to be competing on that level right out of the gate. Now, the easiest way to get more horses under the hood is by adding either a supercharger or a turbo to the engine. Either one of these systems will add a lot more power than just about any other modification could achieve on its own. You want to talk about bang for your buck? That's where you go. Of course, the other option would be a complete engine swap with a race-inspired crate engine to get that grunt, but that's likely going to be one of the most expensive sides on the uh, available options for more horsepower. Okay, once you've added more power to your vehicle, it's time to consider the supporting mods you're going to need to make to handle all of that power. Upgrading the transmission is going to uh, be required in order to include stronger internals and improved shifting to make sure that you can make your way through the pack. Now, forget keeping those stock axles, too. No amount of upgrades are going to make them strong enough for what you're about to put them through. With larger components, thicker walled axle tubes, larger diameter axle shafts with a higher spline count, larger and stronger axles will resist being bent or from encountering a component failure during the abuse seen when going fast off-road. Now, lockers are a must as well. No sense in having all that unsprung beef and not being able to actually put the power to the ground, right? Gotta have that traction. Don't forget about that safety as well. Make sure that you have a roll cage installed. That factory roll bar, it ain't gonna cut it. You also need to make sure you've got a good set of off-road racing seats and a four-point harness setup, bare minimum. Five-point would be good, but might be a little bit overkill for your first ride out. Now, this will help to keep you and your navigator or co-pilot safe in the, uh, in the event of a crash. And speaking of the passenger, well, don't forget about him or her. Consider adding some grab handles so that they have something to hold on to while you jump that next hill or go way too fast around that berm. Now, chances are you won't have a chase vehicle or even a remote pit to pull into in the event something goes wrong, and like not, 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 not likely going to find too many competitors that will stop their progress in the race to winch you out of a bad spot. So it might be a good idea to carry all the recovery gear with you that you can. 
winch, of course, that's going to be bare minimum. Snatch straps, some shackles, soft or hard, you're going to need them no matter what. Tow ropes and a snatch block or two isn't going to be enough to get you out of just about any situation. Now, the most important modification needed for any vehicle when racing off-road is a good suspension system, right? Now, anything off the shelf is likely not going to handle the abuse, at least not for very long. You'll be looking to design and build your own custom four-link suspension system front and rear with large rod ends and coilover shocks. This type of setup will give you the best performance in a competition. That doesn't mean you can't get it done with leaf springs, but there's going to be a marked difference in overall performance and capability. So consider shocks made by name brands such as Fox or King, who have, been, have a proven and reliable and durable history in them uh, to hold up in the harshest of conditions for off-road racing. Now, it's worth noting that good suspension system, including axles, will likely cost more than just about any other modification and possibly even the purchase price of the Jeep itself, but it's money well spent. If it's done right and with quality parts, this modification alone could make your Jeep unstoppable on the trails. A well-designed and performing suspension system also helps reduce body roll, which can cause your vehicle to tip over when in a high-speed cornering maneuver if you do not have enough weight on the outside wheels. Speaking of wheels, and of course tires, beadlocks are a given. Don't even think of trying to race with OEM-style wheels. When it comes to tires, go with something that is at least 35 inches in diameter. Keep in mind, there'll be a lot on the field that will be on 37s or even 40s. Large, sticky tires will help keep your vehicle stable even when traveling at high speeds over rough terrain. And the large diameter tires provide more grip in loose sand or mud than small ones do on asphalt road. Now, all of this is just a 3,000-foot flyover of what it would take to be in the comp competitive world of off-road racing. Remember, even a world-class racing event like King of the Hammers has an entry-level class called the Everyman Challenge, and they allow all sorts of near-stock vehicles to enter and participate in the race. Just note, there is still a great deal of minimum required modifications in order to even qualify for entry. You're going to find this no matter in what form of com comp competitive motorsport racing you're getting into. Well, Jeeper, or should I say racer, I hope this shines some light on just some of the things that you'll need to consider if you're thinking of getting into off-road racing. All right, Josh, let me throw something at you. and, yeah, and, and, and don't dodge. Um, I was going to say, you can't blame <laughs> me if I duck. <laughs> uh, so let's say, for example, that we got a, we received, uh, or I should say we got uh, a $5 million donation to the show, just just for being a good show, and they got some uh, dirty money they need to launder. No, I'm sorry. They got some money that they just want to spend. And, uh, I could, I, and I called you and I said, Josh, we just got a, a, a big donation to the show. I know your interest in off-road racing. Could you put together a vehicle and race it for the next King of the Hammers? Would you, would you have enough time given a year and, and the money to do so? A hundred percent, without question. Think about it. Don't rush into your answer. <laughs> <laughs> so all we need to do is find the sucker. I mean, the the person that wants to donate the money. Then, uh, man. By the no, way, we honestly, would, we honestly, would, we could max we could would be together, three, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. You're not getting five I, million. I, I've got I've got a half a dozen numbers in my phone right now that I could call, and in five minutes we would have a competitive race team. Oh, I thought you were going to say five million dollars. It's like, man, well, you've been holding no, back. No, <laughs> uh, we could do it. We could do it for about ten percent of that. I, I, I think for honestly, for about fifty thousand dollars, we could build something that could compete. That would be so much now, fun. Now it, it wouldn't be. 
I mean, anything spectacular, but we could we could get in we could get in on that. Oh, I figured two hundred fifty thousand at least is what you'd want to spend to have a a good uh, competition vehicle. Well, that would be for setting up a whole team and probably to even possibly have a spare vehicle or at least a spare transmission we and could, engine. We could buy people with that kind of money. This is amazing. Oh yeah, no, we could all the support that we would need uh, for for that kind of money and then some. Heck, we could probably even if we got five million dollars, have our own chopper out there. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> it'd, be re- it'd be really cool. I can see myself in the the really ultra swanky trailer air conditioned with a spare a backup air conditioner. Oh yeah, no, all you're video all set up on the dash, and then I'd be that. I'd be sitting there talking to you like, hey Josh, <laughs> don't don't break your transfer case. Did we put a skid on that transfer uh, case? Yeah. <laughs> You'd <laughs> be mad, and oh, <laughs> I get the lock fun. changed that's, on the trailer. <laughs> see, that's that's where the radio disconnect button comes in, <laughs> and I'm solo. Yeah, that would be that would be really cool, though. I mean, if we could do something like that. I mean, it's 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 not akin to building your own spaceship, but damn it, it would be for us. <laughs> Dang near, yeah, it would be for us. Exactly. And, and actually, you don't have to go very fast. It just needs to be out there so people can see the Jeep Talk Show sticker. So. <laughs> just think well, and that's way. what I was saying. I mean, just the exposure alone, I, I, I think, would be awesome. But uh, actually, putting some points down and uh, and and getting a uh, getting a pedestal win, I think that would be pretty cool. I don't know how we would do it with a, a nice uh, helmet, you know, to protect the uh, to, uh, protect your brain. But we'd have to get the old vintage David Clarks in there too, so you could wear those David Clarks you got over there on the shelf. Uh, I'll wear them on the outside of the helmet. There just you go. Decoration. <laughs> just glue them on. <laughs> we'll be good to go. <laughs> Oh, that'd be fun. You know, you never know. There's these, uh, there's the people over in Saudi Arabia that got more money than uh, anything else. They're racing these uh, Jeeps with V8s up uh, sand, what, 300 foot high or 500 foot high sand dunes? Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe we just need to uh, <laughs> get somebody to, to reach out and say, hey, Jeep Talk Show, send them some money. Yeah, with that that uh, oil prince over in, uh, you know, the United, United Emirates, uh, we're talking to you. Yes, all right, Jeeper, I would like to hear from you. The show would like to hear from you. We want to know where you're at in your build. Maybe something that you got stuck on. Maybe you've just always wanted to know a little bit more about, well, fill in the blank at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to let us know what you would like to see, or should I say here, covered right here on our Tech Talk segment. You can listen to the Jeep Talk Show live. You never know what will happen or where the conversation will go. You can only hear you. Uh oh. So you're actually getting the best part of the show, is what you're saying. Uh, yeah. Uh, Join us every Thursday night and be part of our virtual campfire. It's the Zoom People Fall. Or whoever the spokesperson was. Sure. We're starting our own Zoom People podcast. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook and know when and how you can join the conversation. Was it an accident or was it on purpose? From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Alrighty ho, boys and girls. It's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview. And we're going to be talking with Kristen at LadyJeepers.com tonight. Now, Kristen started LadyJeepers.com in 2018. She has been a part of the off-road community for 20 years, and she is usually one of the only females out on the trails in the beginning. So getting to be out on the trails with lady uh, ladies now is a lot more fun. In Kristen's spare time, well, there's no spare time, so it's Jeep, Jeep, and Jeep time. 
Kristen enjoys being different with her square headlights instead of the round on her YJ. And you can find out more about LadyJeepers.com by visiting their website. Of course, I just said LadyJeepers.com. But you really can't say LadyJeepers.com enough, can you, Kristen? Oh, no, you can't. (laughs) So um, the first thing I got to do is make sure that the the folks know what we're dealing with here. You guys or or you and, and perhaps a team. Uh, that we'll find out about. Uh, you actually t- teach ladies how to off-road their Jeep. We do. And I do have a great team. Um, it is my husband and myself. And then I also have a great team. I have a staff of um, a couple of fantastic ladies. And then I am so blessed to have um, ladies who volunteer their time with us as our ladyjeepers.com state representatives. So I have ladies in every state who volunteer and are part of my team. So I would say it is a team effort at LadyJeepers.com. Everything we put together, everything we do, it takes the entire team. And I have been so blessed to have the ladies that have come into LadyJeepers.com with me. Now, I think the answer to this uh, this question is uh, yes would be, pers- or actually no would be perfectly reasonable. Uh, but do you allow men into these classes? So we allow men to come as passengers. Uh, So we do have ladies that have come to our events, like our in-person events, and they'll bring their husbands with them. And, you know, I have to tell you, most of the husbands by the end of the weekend will come up to us and be like, this was amazing. I learned so much. This is the most fun I've had. I've had uh, some gentlemen come up who actually four-wheel a lot uh, that at the end of the weekend were like, you know, This was more fun than going out with the guys. This was awesome. (laughs) Well, I bet you it's a lot more relaxed because you're not worried about being judged so much. I mean, judging can come from either... Uh, either sex, of course, but I think that it's it's generally a little uh, more laid back when our ladies are working together. Yeah, I agree with that. And also, the biggest thing for LadyJeepers.com, whether it's in our Facebook group, whether it's in our online classes or in person, or even just how the ladies interact together, we are all about support and community and really coming together, being there for each other. So, We absolutely have a no judgment, uh, no bully policy. And so that has really helped, really helped to build the community so that when we come together, especially at the events together, the friendships that are made, the interactions, the way the ladies are, you know, helping each other and jumping in and there, it's absolutely 100% support. And that actually, to me, is the foundation of you know, yes, you're going to come together. You're going to learn about your Jeep. You are going to kind of push yourself a little bit, maybe out of your comfort zone uh, as you're learning. But you know that you're there with all these other ladies who are there to help you. They're going to jump in to support you. No one is sitting there like, oh, did you see so-and-so? Like none of that is allowed at any aspect of ladyjeepers.com. So we really try to put that out in the forefront in everything we do. So then the right people find us, the right people are coming to the events. And then when they get together, it's just like this instantaneous community friendship um, and support network that they have. Well, I I bet you that if the ladies that are attending didn't already know, they know by the end, uh, this is the reason why we have the Jeep wave because everybody that has a Jeep 
Uh, they may not be part of the Jeep family, but they are welcomed in as part of the Jeep family. And that sounds like exactly what you're talking about is you're getting uh, the women together and the men and teaching them about the Jeep people are a team that you work together and you solve issues. You have fun, obviously, but uh, whenever there's an issue, you, you solve it together. Oh, definitely. 100%. And it's so neat. Uh, we have so many ladies who are historians and they'll actually come to the events and they'll be telling us, like I learned from the ladies too, the history of different things and different years. And uh, it's so neat to see just that whole lifestyle that comes together and how excited, especially the newer ladies that are just getting into the Jeep world and and that Jeep lifestyle. It's It's amazing to see all that excitement that comes with it. Well, and I've run across the individuals like this. You have probably have two. They wanted a Wrangler so that they could take the top off because they thought that was the coolest aspect of getting the Jeep. And then once they got the, the, the Jeep and took the top off and they started digging into it a little bit more, they found that you can take these off road with the top off. And wow, how cool would that be? I'm afraid that a, a lot of people out there, men and women, uh, get into the situation where they're concerned about, I don't want to take my multi-thousand dollar vehicle off-road and damage it, but man, it looks like it would be a lot of fun. And they're just too concerned about, well, how how do I do this without damaging my vehicle or damaging myself or, you know, <laughs> getting a divorce because I've, I've totaled this $62,000 vehicle. <laughs> so these okay. training courses are, are, are very important. And uh, I think that uh, we, the Jeep Talk Show, needs we need to do more about getting people out to these events that want to learn. Oh, I agree with that. And that, uh, it's funny you say that, that is probably the number one thing I hear the most is I don't want to hurt my Jeep. Uh, I've even done some classes like on our Facebook page. Um, and one of them is like how to have the best time trail riding without damaging your Jeep. <laughs> uh, and that is probably the biggest question I get is like, this is my daily driver. I'm still making payments on it. I don't want to damage my Jeep. And I think the biggest piece in part is getting that education and doing so in a safe way so that people don't end up in that situation because I've heard this so many times too, which is I wish I never would have gone on that trail ride. And so I think with that education and people learning and knowing how to take care of themselves and their Jeep, that really helps to eliminate that risk of, you know, showing up to an event or a trail ride with other people and getting out there and then ending up in bad situations where you do get in trouble and something might happen. Uh, but with that entry level and, you know, all that education that you can get before you go out on the trail, I think that helps to prepare everybody to be more confident as well so that they know they can say no to somebody or be like, I'm not going on that trail uh, before you're partway down it. And, and it, it just, I think it's so important. That is the best way to keep people safe, to keep Jeep safe, and then also to keep people enjoying the Jeep because they're having great experiences experiences and good experiences and they don't end up somewhere where they have a bad experience um i know that's happened unfortunately a lot to a lot of the ladies and i think some of that is you know they'll they'll meet some friends who have jeeps um sometimes it's the guys they're like oh come out with us and then they end up on a trail it's probably a little harder than they should be doing maybe their jeep's not quite as built as the ones they go with 
And then by the end of it, they've, you know, torn mirrors off or damaged the Jeep. And then they're kind of like, okay, I don't ever want to do this again. Yeah, that's a shame. And that's something I see that happens quite a bit, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the thing you got to understand, when you're out there off-road, uh, <laughs> the 15 screaming drunk idiots that want you to go <laughs> full throttle through, a, through an <laughs> obstacle, well, they're not going to be paying for that Jeep. And you can just say, no, I'll take the bypass. Thank you very much. And it doesn't matter if they boo and hiss. It's, they're not making the payments on that Jeep. Or it's not your beloved Jeep that you've had for 20 plus years. So just keep that in mind. You don't have to listen to the crowd. You should listen to the spotter, the one spotter you're paying attention to, not those same 15 people that are trying to spot you. So I would say, and this is, this is just my opinion, I would say that the biggest issue is, is that everybody drives on the road or the highway and they don't damage their Jeep and they're, they're concerned about taking it into an area where there are less vehicles going not anywhere as fast. I would hazard to say you have less of a chance of damaging your Jeep on the trail than you do driving it every day on the highway because your your inches within inches of other vehicles sometimes uh, close your speeds of over a hundred miles an hour. If you think about it, if you're on a fifty a uh, fifty mile an hour uh, stretch of road, or maybe it's a thirty mile, but you're doing fifty, and so is the other vehicle. So it really is all about the mindset. Yes, I have to say, I think I see the. Ladies post more pictures of being rear-ended and um, unfortunately having accidents in traffic than we see of anyone having issues and damage out on the trail. So it, I think it definitely is a mindset. Um, and maybe it's because it's it's a little more unfamiliar mm-hmm. uh, until you've done it a little more and you get more comfortable and confident with it. Because, yeah, it really is crazy that difference when you really start to think about it. Yeah, yeah, I think it really is a confidence thing because if you're confident enough to drive on the highway at those really dangerous speeds and stuff, now I'm going to freak some people out. Uh, <laughs> you're out there, and but you, <laughs> but the confidence is, is that the confidence is, is that you know you left, you went, you came, and, and you got to where you were supposed to go, and you came back, and, and everything's fine, and you get to drive the Jeep again the next day, and and that's the thing, that's the mindset that you'll get by going to these classes, and you'll see that wow, look, look at this, I can do these things with this Jeep, and and I've I've related the Jeep to being something that has. Uh, these special powers available to it with especially when you start modifying you can go through deep water you can uh, with a winch you can pull yourself out you can pull other people out it's it to me it's very much like being superman you have all these special powers but they're not hidden you don't have to be uh clark kent you can be yourself with this badass jeep and speaking of badass jeeps we just kind of glossed over not talking about your yj do you can we talk about that real quick I would love to. Oh, that is my big girl. Uh, so um, my YJ, gosh. So she's a 1994, mm-hmm. and there's not a whole lot of YJ left on her. That's what I was noticing. So she is definitely one. <laughs> yeah, 100% trail rig, no longer street legal because uh, she's got the full hydraulic steering. Uh, so she doesn't touch the pavement. But that is when I go out to play and have fun and, and go spend time, like for me, oh, that is that would, is what I built for myself. So she is definitely modified for a rock crawler. I thought I wanted to do the We Rock competitions. So that is what I built her for. So she is definitely slow. Uh, 
She is geared super low and is just meant to crawl. And oh, she is my baby. I love my my JKU. Uh, she's my daily driver. She goes to most of our events. I do most of my teaching with her. But that big girl, that was my first Jeep. And first Jeep that was mine. So she is so special to me. So let me see. And now I don't know if you've got updated pictures on your uh, Facebook and uh, uh, the, uh, the pictures you have on LadyJeepers.com. We haven't mentioned that in, in 15 seconds. So we got to get that in there. Let me get in again. LadyJeepers.com. And you know, while you guys are listening to this interview, you could be over at LadyJeepers.com checking out the website. Just saying. Now, what I noticed was co- coilovers. Uh, I think I noticed uh, some uh, uh, hydraulic assist steering uh, on there. Now, I don't know enough about the axles to be able to, to identify them by looking at them. But So what axles do you have on it? And, and correct me on the other stuff if I got it wrong. So she's, she is a one-ton, um, and I have the coilovers, and then I have the full hydraulic steering, which unfortunately is what makes one of the things that makes her lo- no right. longer street legal. Yep. Uh, let's see. She has been stretched. She has been stretched again. I have a back half kit on her, the Motobuilt back half kit. Um, I did that so we could get the suspension really dialed in in the back. And then I am really short. I am, I'm going to say five foot. Um, I'm very short. So that custom cage that is in there was actually a custom cage that was built specifically for me and around me. So that well, you it's just, a manual. You just want to so keep your husband out of there. Me. I know what you were doing. <laughs> I, well, he, he jokes about that because he's like, I can't fit in it. Because, you know, they had to move the seat so far forward so yeah. that I I was comfortable with the clutch. So, yeah, if no one who has any height at all will ever be able to get in that Jeep and drive it. Well, that's, that's not a problem the way I see it. So, uh, let me ask you this. What engine do you have in it? Do you have the 4.0? I do. Oh, um, that's nice. <laughs> I, you know, I was like, I don't, I have had so many people try to coerce me and push me towards like the LS swap and, oh, it needs the big motor. Rock bouncers are huge around here, like with the Southern Rock Racing Series. We have a lot of friends with buggies and I like to go out and ride with them, but I was telling them, I don't need to get to the top of the hill as fast as I possibly oh, God, can. no, no. I mean, I not that that's not that. fun. I can see the fun in that, but 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 that's the thing. And I'm sure this is what you're teaching in the class. You don't have to be fast. You don't have to be balls out as fast as you can go up a hill. This isn't a sports network. This is your Jeep and you. And the idea is just to get there. Well, and enjoy getting there. That's exactly. what I would say. I was like, you know, I my favorite thing is I love going. We have a place that we go to that is my favorite place to ride because uh, it has caves and it's you're down in like this riverbed and there's massive oh, rocks. That sounds beautiful. My thing is I, I love to go out and enjoy the time I spend. Like I love to rock crawl. That's what she's built for the big, huge rocks, but I want to do it slow. I want to enjoy it. Uh, you know, I have all the safety precautions. I got the race seats. I got the five point harness. Um, I have lots of fire extinguishers. Uh, so I'm doing it safe, but you know, I want to do it slow. I want to enjoy it. I am a, a very detailed person. I'm all about precision and control. And that is something I brought forward with me and just my personality. And I actually 
would go out and I would practice with cones. And uh, I created a program we have with LadyJeepers.com and it's called Spots You. And it actually is an entire program built around precision control, knowing where your tire placement is, um, setting up cones in different arrangements uh, and placements and having specific driving exercises that go with those. So that's how I drive. Like I want to be able to know I can put a tire exactly where I want to put it. I can be precise. I want to be slow. I want to have control. Uh, That's my mindset. So that's a lot of what I teach is slow, control, precision. And from that, it's like a foundation. Then you can go anywhere Mm. once you have that. Yeah. It's the technical aspect of it that that I think uh, a lot of people like about rock crawling, about that slow, like you say, tire placement. And when you're thinking about what you're doing, you're 99% less likely to break something or damage uh, your beloved Jeep. So it's not a bad way to be. And and frankly, the way I look at, at Jeeps are, and now I'm down in the south uh, southeast Texas where we get tropical storms, hurricanes and stuff. Whenever I first started upgrading uh, my Jeep, which is a, a Jeep uh, Cherokee XJ, uh, I uh, I started doing that whenever we were uh, threatened by a major hurricane. And I said, I need a vehicle that can get me around the traffic so I can get my family to safety. So when you're learning how to do these technical things, not only, and it may, you know, it may be, um, uh, it may be hurricanes in Florida. It may be uh, uh, earthquakes in, uh, in California. You just never know. It can be anything, but a Jeep can get you out of a, a bad situation uh, if you know how to drive it. And, and to me, that is one of the key things is learning how to drive your Jeep off the road. So in, in the times that you uh, hopefully never, but then the times where you may have to do that, you'll be successful at doing it. And you'll be able to use that that amazing vehicle that you bought that is 100% off, off-road worthy straight off the showroom floor. Oh, yes. I, mean, I agree. They're, they're amazing. They can do even stock right off the showroom floor that's like other feedback we get so much is i can't believe my jeep can do this mm-hmm. like they are just amazing the way that they are built the way that they come from the factory uh there's so much you can do before you even have to be thinking about modifying and building and and changing anything i mean just right out the gate they are so capable now you said that you take your your YJ your built up YJ to to your uh, training classes. Does, do you find that that puts people off because they don't have anything that's modified and Jeep? And obviously you can do stuff because of what you got. But I just got this stock Jeep. Is is that a barrier sometimes? So my big big YJ, I only take her. We do one intermediate event a year, uh, and we have like minimum requirements, and so that's the only event that. The big, big one goes to. Now, my JKU is on 37, so she's not little (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, by any means. Mm -hmm. Uh, But so the JKU is what I do take to all of our 101 and 201 events, just because majority of our ladies, especially 101, we get a lot of stock Jeeps. Um, I mean, we've had TJs, we've had stock YJs, and then, of course, JK, JKUs, JL, JLUs, some gladiators, but most of them uh, for the 101 because it is a stock-friendly event and place to come and learn about your your stock vehicle um, and build your skills. So I do take my JKU 
to those events. And I do say I have had some pushback a couple times about, you know, I don't know if I want to follow you down the trail because your Jeep's huge and mine's still stuck. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So I think there, it's a there confidence are times thing. It's yeah. intimidating. Mm-hmm. It's a confidence thing. And mine, you know, yours is bigger than mine is definitely a confidence uh, issue. So I was I was thinking you can't be taking that big built up YJ out there because people are going to freak out to say, I, I got to go home. <laughs> I don't have that. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so, do me, so do me a favor. Oh, uh, I, I, I hate this. I get to talking to folks, and then we miss some of the stuff. So let me let me uh, get us back on course here, because I know people, uh, the ladies out there, want to hear about the class. So can you take us through the the classes that you have, and uh, just an overview, so that they would get an idea about uh, uh, if this is something they'd like to be part of, and uh, and where they're where they're located, or are they are you just doing these things in Florida? No, we are actually all over the country. Um, we have every year we've been expanding a little bit. So for twenty twenty two, I mean we're all the way out in Moab, um, Pennsylvania. Uh, Illinois, Florida, and, Georgia, Tennessee. And, and how, so does, that, all and how does that work? Is we, that does that uh, people that are working with you, the volunteers you were talking about earlier? I mean, you're not going to all these places, are you? I am. Yes. Oh, uh, so okay. Well, tell me more. About, so I am lucky enough that I do have our LadyJeepers.com's uh, representatives, so our state representatives in most of the states, but. Yes, my husband and I load up. Uh, we load up in the motorhome. We put my purple JKU behind it. He drives. I don't drive the motorhome. I will drive the Jeeps, but not the motorhome. <laughs> and uh, we hit the road and we travel and we go uh, from state to state. Most of the places we go are off-road parks. We do do some national forests. And um, we just, that's what we do. I'm a little bit of a control freak. And I have exactly how... I guess I want my teaching to be done, what I want people to learn, how I want them to be coached. So I'm a little bit of a control freak on, I have to be there. <laughs> I have to do it. Oh, no, it makes uh, sense. That makes but, sense to me. So if somebody wanted to take one of the one of your classes, they would need to go to ladyjeepers.com and then register uh, for uh, whatever class is going to be uh, be taught. Or, or how do you handle the... The, the, like the 101, the 201s, and so on and so forth. Do you have all of those at, at, at every place that you go to? And then people can sign up, or do they, do they take all of them? Or how does that work? So uh, this year we've expanded a little bit, uh, just because I do have some some great staff this year that is going to be helping. So what we are doing is we are offering 101 and 201. So our 101 classes are stock friendly like stock stock friendly and like for people who have never trail ridden before i mean never put in four-wheel drive it doesn't matter it is we go through everything from the very basics all the way through and we make sure that the trails that we do are going to be stock friendly so that my big thing is no damage we do our best to always be safe um, and pick the very best that we can for each of our different levels then our 201 is for ladies who have been out on the trail a couple times, handful of times, um, and they are on a minimum of a 33-inch tire. So what we do is we have specific 101 teaching that we do, so it's kind of the basics. Then the next step up is 201. So we go over like a different kind of recovery, a little more advanced recovery. The trail levels are going to be a little bit harder, 
And then for our intermediate event, we only do one of those a year. It is um, in Tennessee, so our ladies have to travel, but it is an amazing event, and it has minimum requirements of a 35-inch tire, must have upgraded differentials, so aftermarket diff covers. We recommend belly skids, um, so it's going to be a little bit harder trail level. But for the 101, 201, we try to offer that at all of the different events all over that we're going to be doing because I feel like that's such an important place to start mm -hmm. to learn what you need to know about your Jeep and then to have a great time, feel confident and feel comfortable and know you have somebody out on the trail with you. If you do have any questions, concerns, anything comes up on a first trail ride, you know you have people out there that are there to help you. Uh, and really, the event is all about the ladies. It's all about you. Whoever comes, it has nothing to do with anybody else. We want everyone to get what they need out of the event. And all of our staff and volunteers, everyone that is there, it is all about the ladies being safe and learning. All right. So I'm, I'm on your, your website, ladyjeepers.com, and I'm seeing that uh, you have uh, an event coming up on January Friday, January fourteenth through Sunday, January sixteenth, and I think what I'm what I'm hearing here is is that this would be the one hundred and one and the two hundred and one that that you would be teaching there, or uh, am I? It, it says one hundred and one, so I'm, that's the thing I'm not a hundred percent up to speed on. Will you? What do you? What will? What will you be teaching? If somebody wants to be, be a beginner and they are, or somebody's a beginner and they're in the Florida area or they're willing to travel to Florida to be a part of this event, what would they be, what training course would they be taking? So unfortunately, we love Florida. We're looking for some additional locations. Uh, but with the terrain that is there, we'll be at the Ocala National Forest. That will be 101 only. Gotcha. Uh, so it will just be for for stock jeeps for people just starting out and really what we do at the 101 events is it's more training so it is friday and half a day on saturday is all hands-on learning training we start with pre-ride checklist airing your tires down disconnecting sway bars um, everything that you need to know before you head out on the trail we go over safety equipment what you need to have in your vehicle uh, trail etiquette, tread lightly, all the important things. And then Saturday, we go over winch and recovery. And then half a day Saturday, all day Sunday is trail riding. So we are actually out on the trails together uh, for half a day. So Saturday afternoon and then all day Sunday. And we go out and we have a great time. And uh, we do some learning along the way on the trails as well. Very nice. Well, that's that sounds very uh, very detailed, which goes along with the uh, how you are. So that that's really good. I mean, knowing how to disconnect the sway bar is uh, can be very confusing. Sometimes it can can be confusing about where it is and what it does. So <laughs> that's really good. Now I see here that in uh, on uh, Friday, March twenty fifth through Sunday, March twenty seventh. Uh, you have a, another one. This one is in Oliver Springs, Tennessee. So, uh, and I see right here, it does say 101 and 201. So you will have both those classes. Now, if you, if you go there and you're brand new and you need to take the 101, can you take the 101 and the 201? I would think not. You have to pick one or the other. And if you're a beginner, obviously you're going to be doing the 101. Correct. And so there's, there's so much, like I always tell everybody, there is so much that we can be 
teaching, we can be educating, we could go over, we could spend months together and there's still stuff you want to teach somebody. So I always recommend you start with 101 if you're a beginner, you're just getting started so that you really get those foundations. So what I did is I took everything I wanted to teach everybody and broke it up into sections so that the 101 is you're getting started. So again, like your pre-write checklist, the things you need to know before you ever go out on the trail. Definitely, we talk about trail etiquette. That is something that is very important to me and keeping these trails open for all of us. So I do go over trail etiquette on all of our levels, but um, especially on the 101 so that as you're getting out there, and enjoying you are prepared you know what you need to do understand with your jeep so then the 201 is a step up so the recovery that we teach in 201 is about towing Um, so if you're actually going to hook up a vehicle tow the vehicle we do go over actual towing we have everybody tow everyone and everyone be towed because it's not just as easy as hooking a strap to two jeeps and driving off i call it a dance so the, the curriculum, I guess, is very different. The 101 is your starting point. 201 is your next building block up. And then the intermediate is where we really get into advanced and a little more technical. So like our recovery for intermediate is an advanced recovery where you would need multiple vehicles, uh, one for an anchor point, and one is a recovery vehicle. We go over um, different curriculum. So it's really building on itself. So if you tried to learn everything at once, it would be such overload (laughs) sure sure so uh just to make sure that i'm clear on this the 101 and the 201 that you'll be doing in tennessee somebody's going to have to sign up for one or the other they can't sign up for both i I would think these are both going on at the same time is the reason why i'm thinking that Uh, correct yes so what we do for like the march event uh when people register we have a questionnaire that they fill out about their experience uh, what they have done with their Jeep, the build on their Jeep. And we allow, ask them as well to give us feedback. Like, would you like to be in the one? We have 101, 102, 201, and 202. So we actually break it up even more at this event in March mm-hmm. so that everyone can really be specified down to the perfect trail riding group for them so they can have the best experience possible. So once we put someone into a group, We let everyone know what group they're in. If anyone has a concern, they feel like they would like to be in a higher group or a lower group. We always will have a conversation with people and move people around or have a great conversation and explain why um, I decided to put them in the level that they are in. And I have never had anyone complain uh, that they felt like they were not at the correct level uh, when they came to an event. Yeah, no, I think that's important to do. You don't want to get somebody in a situation that you don't feel like they're ready for. So uh, at the, and I'm specifically talking about the the March event in Oliver Springs, Tennessee. Um, the uh, what, and, and you mentioned this earlier, but I'm I'm trying to drill down a little bit for people that are interested in, in perhaps going to this one. What do you need to be in the 101 class? It's just a stock Jeep, and uh, what would you need? Uh, for a 201 is that the one with the 33s or tell me how that how that works out Uh, correct yes so for our 101 any of our 101 events literally all you need is your jeep and yourself we supply equipment tools you don't need anything except for a big smile (laughs) and your jeep 
and we handle everything else. For the 201, we have a minimum tire size requirement of 33s. We ask that people bring any recovery gear or tools that they do have with them. But again, that is not a requirement. And then when you move up to higher levels, it changes what you have to have. Sure. But we're trying to make it, especially for the 101, as you're getting started, I always tell the ladies, don't go out and buy a bunch of equipment, a bunch of tools just to come to the event. Because the great thing is you get to come, you get to learn, and you get to put your hands on different air down tools, um, different recovery uh, gear, so different straps, uh, different snatch blocks. You get to learn about the winch. You get to see everything, feel it, do it. So then when you leave, you'll have your shopping list of exactly what you want made out so that you don't end up buying things that you're like, oh, I really didn't need that or wow, I wish I would have bought this other brand or anything like that. So I always recommend when you're getting started, come to the 101 event, put hands on everything, learn as much as you can. And then when you get home, you can buy the equipment that you want. Yeah, beautiful. It's like going camping for the first time and you buy 3,700 pounds of uh, stuff, pack it all up, take it out there and then use two things. So this is great, people. You can just go and see. They'll they'll show you what you need, and then you can think for yourself as far as, well, I, I might need this and this, but it, this is great because this can save you a lot of money and, and damage on your vehicle than just you taking it off-road on your own, which I'm not saying you can't do, but I highly encourage if you can go to these uh, these courses and take them from people that know, it's, it's a wonderful thing to do. It. And obviously, uh, Kristen, you've put a lot of time and effort into this so uh, and you've been doing this for a while so i think it's really a lot safer learning from you than it would be to, to go out and teach yourself or like you said earlier going out with a, just a group of guys a random group of guys that you know tell me yeah just follow me it'll be all right just follow me just watch my line what's a line you know <laughs> so that's great well this is this is really really good now uh, and I'm, I'm almost 100 percent clear on this but i want to make sure it's clear for the audience you do not have you you go to all these places to do these events you do not have a home base where you do uh regular training courses so our home base is online <laughs> uh for all of our in-person events we travel for those but our home base really is ladyjeepers.com it houses all of the information that we are teaching that we're going through when you come to a live event, but it's all housed in one place online. So we actually have our 101 program, our 201 program, our intermediate program. Everything that we teach is available and basically sitting uh, online for everyone who wants to either learn before they come to an event, who can't come to an event. Um, it's that's our home base. <laughs> but as far as interactive goes, that would be these events that you have uh, scheduled across the country. It would be, yes. Those okay. are definitely the in-person, um, where you want to go if you want to get the, the instruction and the help and the hands-on and have somebody right there with you every step of the way. Now, what do you do for people that are interested but they're kind of concerned and they need to speak with somebody ahead of time. Do you do email? Do you do Facebook? How does, how does that work as far as they want to, they, they, they want to have, you know, they're okay with it, but they just feel like they need to ask some questions for before they sign up. So um, if people email us, 
They can email us off of our website or our email is custserve, C-U-S-T-S-E-R-V at ladyjeepers.com. And if somebody shoots an email, they'll get an email response back. But I will jump on the phone. I'm known to do that with anyone who has any questions uh, to talk through everything more in depth and make sure that every question is answered before somebody commits to do anything. Excellent. Well, I think that'll make a lot a, a lot of people a lot uh, feel feel a lot better about going out and doing this stuff because you know it doesn't matter how many times we uh, beat it uh, into the the microphone here about you're you're going to be okay, your Jeep's going to be okay. There's still those concerns and and they have to be addressed. So uh, we we kind of already mentioned it, but uh, tell the you know the, how the kids love the social media. Tell tell them where they can find uh, Lady Jeepers. I mean, I f- I found you on Facebook and uh, Instagram, uh, so those are two places. Just tell people wh- how they how they add you on those uh, those services. So the great thing is we've tried to keep everything as simple as possible. So if you go to Facebook, we are Lady Jeepers Com on Facebook. On Instagram, we are lady.jeepers. And if you go onto YouTube, we are ladyjeepers.com. And those are really our three major social media uh, platforms that we use. And we are super interactive um, on Facebook and Instagram. Kristen, you got to get on the TikTok. If you're not on the TikTok, you know, you're not, you're not reaching out to the kids. <laughs> I got I got in trouble with my wife. I, I keep calling it Tic Tac, and she goes, she'll when she's talking to somebody, she'll say Tic Tac, and she goes, no, that's not right, and she gets on me about not calling it Tic Tac. She's she's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, Kristen, I thank you so much uh, for for being here on the show tonight, and uh, it's it's very important to me personally that more people with Jeeps that especially those that want to take it off road or they're just thinking it might be fun to to learn a little something about more about their vehicle that have the ability to do that and i just want to thank you for uh putting these things together uh, especially for the ladies because i i think the ladies are uh traditionally a little more timid about doing things than the men are we're, we're just always kind of raised to, to to do wild and crazy things sometimes it's just in our dna makeup uh but uh, getting the ladies off there because like i said earlier it doesn't require any kind of special uh, uh, uh physical uh p- power to press a pedal turn a steering wheel so this is this is something that's available to everybody well thank you i appreciate that i agree a hundred percent too it's really you know it's, it's just about getting out there and enjoying your jeep and anyone we have ladies of all ages i've had ladies uh late 60s early 70s we had early 80s so there's no such thing as too late, too old. I can't do it. Anyone can get out there and enjoy their Jeep. Absolutely. Let me ask you something. Would you like to thank Kristen from LadyJeepers.com for coming on the show? Well, then be sure to do just that. Say something on our Facebook page. Give us a call and say it in your own words on our 24-7 voicemail line. And, of course, a big Jeep wave goes out to Kristen and the entire group of girls over there at LadyJeepers.com. I think it's great, uh, and as I echoed in the interview, I think it is great that uh, Kristen's doing this uh, this work and getting more women out on the trail, learning how to use their Jeeps. In fact, it was just our last episode that Pet Peeves was, uh, uh, I think it was Garrett that said he wanted more people using their Jeeps, not just for driving on the roads, but taking off-road. And that's, uh, right. that, that's exactly what Kristen is doing. And hats off uh, to everybody that gets out there and learns more about their Jeep and having fun with it. That's what it's all about, Tony. 
Hey, coming up next week, we're going to have Jim O from OK4 Wheel Drive. OK4, the number four, WD.com. Go give me give me a try on that uh, last name, uh, Josh, because I'm you know I'm skipping it because there's no way Odisky is what I'm going with. Ostick, Ostick, I, I like that one. Ostick, and the sad thing is, is Jim pronounced it for me. I'm just horrible with pronouncing names. I'll never make it this uh, this industry. <laughs> Seriously, I, you're, I'm only half as bad as you. Are you living the Jeep life? From mall crawlers to weekend warriors, from daily drivers to weekend wheelers, it's all about the Jeep life, and it's all good. It's time for Jeep Life with Jeep Mama. Hey, Tony, Josh, and Wendy, how are you guys doing? So this past weekend, I tested out a new terrain. You know, I have driven my Jeep on so many terrains, the rocks, mud, slick rock, snow, dirt roads, mountain shelf roads, and dried up creek beds. But the terrain I drove on this past weekend has got to be one of the scariest and most dangerous of all terrains, a frozen lake. Now, I wasn't out there for a day of wheeling. We were just driving to and from a fish house, which if you live in the great frozen tundra of Minnesota, it's a way of life. But you should not take it for granted. You need to take many precautions and drive with care. If you are driving on the ice for the first time, I highly recommend you find an experienced frozen lake driver to go with you because you need to be prepared for the worst. And I learned some tips from my sister and niece that I would have never thought of. So here are my top five tips I learned about driving your Jeep on a frozen lake. Number five, know the thickness of the ice. If you have a medium sized truck, you need to wait for the ice to be at least 12 to 15 inches thick before taking your vehicle out on the ice. You need to check the ice every so many feet to make sure the whole lake is frozen. That's when you're first going out on the lake. Um, By about January, February, it should be pretty frozen, but you still need to check the ice. So number four, drive with your windows rolled down in case you go through the ice. You're going to need a quick escape. Now I have one of those tools that you can use to break a window, but by the time I would reach for it in my glove box, it could be too late. Number three, don't fasten your seatbelt. Yep, do not fasten your seatbelt. Again, for a quick escape in case you go through the ice. Number two, stay well spaced apart from other vehicles and other fish houses when you're driving and parking on the frozen lake. And this is for weight reasons on the ice. You don't want everyone all piling up in one spot and putting all that weight in one spot. And number one, don't drive Fast. Fast driving sets up a pressure wave on the ice that can cause the ice to fracture. Not good. My niece shared with me this example, and she said a good example of this is on the show Ice Road on Netflix. The other thing is that they shared with me is sleeping in your fish house, which, by the way, the fish houses are like castles. They have TVs and heat, and they're very nice fish houses. Um, not like the fish houses when I was younger. Um, anyway, when you're sleeping out on the fish house in your bunk bed, all night long you just hear the ice cracking. And it's not really cracking, they said. It's when it's freezing, it makes this noise. Anyway, you could hear that noise also when you're driving, and it's scary as all get out. And there was one point where I'm, you know, doing my videos, and I put my foot down, 
because I was walking in the snow and it sunk in the snow and I freaked out because, oh my God, I'm going through the ice, but it was just too, uh, a lot of snow on the ice. So anytime you take your Jeep out, no matter what the terrain, you should always be prepared like extra gas to food and water to wearing the proper shoes and having the proper gear. So the list goes on and on. There's so many off-road basics for so many different terrains. You should always, always be prepared for that terrain. I have a list on my blog, jeepmama.com, and there's a link in the show notes. And next week, taking off that transfer case shifter knob and how difficult or how easy it is. So how does Tammy's Jeep life compare with yours? We're always looking for Jeep stories, so contact us and let us know what your Jeep life is like. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how. Now, Tony, I was uh, kind of surprised that uh, that Tammy had never driven on this before. Uh, I figured, you know, where she's been and, and the, the states that she's lived in and stuff, that there would have been plenty of times that she would have driven on on snow or ice or things like that, but uh, uh, but a frozen lake. That's, I mean, that's just like an icy road, but still be pretty scary. I've seen those videos and how they end sometimes. And so I, well, you remember when she got those, uh, I forget what tire it was now, but she got a set of tires and she was, they were supposed to be very good for snow. And that was back, back when she was living in Maryland. And I think she had to wait a couple of years before they actually got any snow in Maryland That's where she right. could try them out. Uh, I, That's right. And by that time, they were well-worn. And <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. don't know how they performed. I think they did it quite all right. But oh, I'm sure. yeah, I can't remember if those were the Wrangler Duratrax or, or which ones that she that had. Sounds, that sounds right. But, uh, but yeah, those were, those were my favorite winter tire of, of, of all time. I, I, I still, to this day, don't think that there's another tire out there that performs better in the snow or ice than the Wrangler Duratrax do. But... But that's just my opinion. I guess I could take my Jeep across a frozen lake if I was having to get away from a T-Rex or something. But other than <laughs> that... Once. Go very fast, just in case. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It'd be set up for Jeep speed. <laughs> nice. Well, hey, Jeeper, we want to tell you about that newsletter that we got going on, too. You didn't know the Jeep Talk Show's got a newsletter? That's right, we do. And you can sign up for it very easily. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and you'll find a link to click and sign up for it. Don't worry, we're not going to spam you, any of that sort of stuff. You're going to get one email a week, and sometimes not even that. No, seriously, <laughs> though, it's, it's, it's chock full of great information about what we have going on the show, how to join in on that campfire side chat that we're talking about, that Zoom room. Lots of fun. You're going to meet some great people, and you're going to be a part of a Jeep talk show recording as well. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a great experience, and uh, you might even get addicted. Who knows? Uh, don't worry. It's very easy to unsubscribe, so uh, it's not some complicated process. No pay to play. None of that sort of stuff either. So go check it out. JeepTalkShow.com/slash/contact and sign up for our newsletter. Well, that's all the Jeep Talk Show we have for you this week, Jeeper, so be sure that you're subscribed so you don't miss a thing. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. I swear, if I have to listen to one more screeching Karen in the store while I'm peacefully trying to buy boatloads of ammunition, I'm going to end up buying even more Freedom Seeds just to see somebody's head explode. Casting since 2010.